You. Yeah, you. You are an awesome person. My name is Kenny, the narrator for our Starfinder games. I'm so excited to welcome you to our podcast. We are thrilled to be playing another Starfinder game with a new crew aboard the Crimson Mistress. This season, I've written an original campaign for these players to explore. This moment is so thrilling. I want to let you go listen to this episode now. So without further ado, Experience Points presents Arc 1, Behemoth. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. We should be live. Hello, everyone. Yes, that Hi. looks like it is, in fact, Hello. working. Whoa. Wow, it has been a long, long time, it feels. Like, at least a month. At least, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. It's been a hot second. It, it's been... Everybody's working for the new year, yeah? It, it's been a moment, and uh, yeah, we're, we're surviving. We're, we're making it on through, and I am so happy that you all could join us today. Um... Welcome to Experience Points. My name is Kenny, and uh, with me is this fabulous cast. And let's start with Mackenzie. Hello, Mackenzie. Hello, my name is Mackenzie. My pronouns are she, her. Do I see who I'm playing? We, we did talk about it last time. So we I did, feel yeah, like go that's ahead. a little secret. I'm playing uh, Jocelyn. I almost said doctor, but I'm not a doctor <laughs> anymore. Uh, Jocelyn Pepper Jr., our human mechanic. Fantastic. And sister of Doctor Joe, if you've if you've been following, Jocelyn, Jocelyn's a doctor. Lore. Yeah, Jocelyn's totally a doctor. She's a surgeon, especially with that sword. She can cut anything open. There you go. <laughs> Everyone in the family is a doctor. <laughs> and that's what they say. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thanks, Mackenzie. Uh, hello, Vivian. Hello. I'm Vivian, and uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm going to be playing on, uh, and their pronouns are they, them. Perfect. Thank you, Vivian. Hello, Michael. Hello. I'm Michael, and my pronouns are she, they, and I'm going to play a Borai gnome named Harper Neon. Fantastic. Thanks, Michael. And last but not least, Kelrick. Hello, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be playing a shimmering crystal person, technomancer, um, named Abra. And um, their pronouns are he, him. Oh, perfect. There you go. Yes. (laughs) Um, And uh, again, my name is Kenny. Uh, My pronouns are he, they. I think that you all are you know, several months from, from that last time um, that you all kind of checked in. What are your primary responsibilities on the ship? I want to kind of get that nailed down. So, you know, when we discuss who's going to be checking uh, sensors or who's going to be doing what, everybody kind of knows what their, what, what their roles are. Let's start with uh, Kelrick. What, what does Abra mainly do on the ship? Abra is the data wizard, so he monitors any incoming transmissions and stuff. He handles sensors, and he handles the accounting, and he likes it. It's so <laughs> weird. Fantastic. All right. Michael, what does Harper do on the ship? 
Harper's gonna try to keep you guys together. Um, so, uh, any medical needs, uh, any, um, maybe recreational needs <laughs> <laughs> for meds. We do love um, Harper. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I guess helping with the exploring. Okay, so na- uh, navigation. Um, so, like, if you were you were to do um, more like uh, different kinds of sensor array sweeps and things like that. Yeah. Um, tactically, what what do you think Harper also would be involved in? Like, if there was like a scrap or a skirmish or something. Oh, support. So she's gonna pump you up full of drugs and serums and send you out there. <laughs> nice, perfect, Vivian. What does on do on the ship? I'm thinking astral navigation because I have uh, a level of mysticism with engineering and computers. And I am, a, I am making an assumption on the way you do space travel and that it is not just technologically based, that it is also feeling your way through the void. Yeah, there's definitely a a mystical component to space travel. The the drift, the one of the primary ways of traveling faster than light, you know, has you cutting through different dimensional planes. And so I, I'm sure that uh, is on your radar for, for various reasons. So yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So you two also do sensors. Do you do anything um, as far as like um, uh, combat? Uh, Depending on uh, depending on if the ship has the capabilities, uh, on is an uh, is an accomplished uh, natural uh, gunner. Perfect. And then um, uh, Mackenzie, what is your role on the ship? Yeah, I mean, I'm a mechanic for sure, so I feel like I take care of the like logistical, like the engine of the ship, as well as being a pilot for the ship. Fantastic. It's like that's, I have the most simple answer. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> I take care of the engine and I drive it. <laughs> that's not how I speak. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I would love that so much. Hey, <laughs> just completely different than <laughs> to Joe in every way. So you all um, are on the ship. It is your equivalent of uh, night. You all, do you all put it basically on autopilot, the ship on autopilot, depending on what you're doing? Or uh, what what are you all thinking? I think that we take it in shifts because I don't think we have a very big ship. Mm -hmm. And so there is an autopilot and I think someone just like bunks out in there in case an alarm goes off and they they need to take manual control. Does that sound reasonable? Sure. Have someone like babysit it basically. Yeah. And just do that in shifts because I've got a reasonable piloting skill. No, I think that makes sense. I do not have piloting, but. Yeah, I don't. And then maybe we just shift off because yeah. I feel like I feel like you've earned the respect to drive the car. Um, but, but she's seen. Um, but I feel like Joss has seen it, the other two skill and has been like, they're not touching. <laughs> they're not touching this. I've also got a really good engineering. I have like plus yeah. thirteen to engineering. So I think you and I could have bonded. We bro over out. That. We talk about the engine. <laughs> So this is um, a, a uh, version of the Crimson Mistress. It's a kind of a tactical layout. So uh, you all are um, in one of the quarters. Uh, we don't have to claim bunks just yet, but um, you all are sleeping restfully. You have the ship on autopilot. I imagine that 
your ship is uh, your ship's computer is pretty advanced at this point, uh, advanced enough to do simple navigation and monitoring of things and alerting if if there are problems. Do you want your computer to have an AI? Oh yeah, I think that's that sounds good necessary at the in this kind of campaign. Okay, what do you call the AI? Just ship. No, yeah, the mistress. Mistress. Like, yeah, mistress. 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 We call it mistress. Yeah. Mistress. Oh, I'm gonna lose it. We're like, hello, mistress. <laughs> <laughs> mistress. So yes. Uh, so your 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 AI's name is Mistress. Uh, how would you uh, describe their uh, demeanor and personality? Oh, Mackenzie has ideas. No, it's just like I just I just think of a domineering woman. But I don't I don't know if that's. I, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting the feeling of Andromeda from Andromeda. <laughs> Is that the oh, one with no. uh, Kevin Sorbo? Yes. Uh, I don't like him, but that was cool. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to stay away from the um, the surly uh, computer archetype that I normally play. So, But I, I will do my best to be domineering, but not surly. I don't or, mean to pr- peg you into a archetype. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Why would why did you install an AI? What prompted this? So uh, oh, it's yeah. good to have that extra support. Yeah. Because I get the feeling that Jocelyn had run the ship all by herself. Yeah, but... Han Solo. We just like going around alone for a long time. So when it was time <laughs> to just stop piloting, mm-hmm. you know, oh, put this ship into standby and and basically park it on the side of the road. <laughs> And maybe makes her feel better rather than having Harper or on uh, doing anything yeah. with it. <laughs> listen to the AI. Don't listen to them. <laughs> How we're going to start out is um, you all are asleep in your bunks. You've had uh, some normal restful days. You um, have been searching more recently for... You've heard of a strengthening cult. You don't quite have their name. You only have kind of a portion of a glyph. It, it looks like a downward-facing sun over a horizon, or under a horizon, I should say. Something about it has you all set on ease. We're going to start with Harper. So you are sleeping in your bunk. Describe the describe your describe your quarters. Like what what's in there? What how does it look? Oh, um, it's probably chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's filled with vials and specimens. And um, <laughs> it looks like she's got multiple projects or things she's researching and playing with. Mm-hmm. Just kind of all over the place. What's one prized possession or thing that you have on display that you kind of have up to... Remind yourself of, of your mission, but also to show everyone who you are. I would think she would have to have something. Um, oh, and I don't remember the gnome home planet, but something to remind her of her home planet. Okay. Either a map or a, a picture, maybe yeah. of like where she's from. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Definitely like having a, a, a either a topographical map or like even like the the whole map of of the different civilizations that were on that planet. No, that makes a lot of sense. 
you're in your room. Um, do you sleep with like the lights on or is it completely dark? Oh, completely dark. It's quiet as you're sleeping and you only have the gentle hum of the engines that are located actually uh, just underneath that section. As you're, you're sleeping, you normally don't have very many dreams, but tonight's different. You wake up and you look around. What, what do you do when, you're, when you have some sort of awareness? You, you don't hear the engines anymore though. Oh, okay. Um, I figure I'm waking up probably a bit groggy. Um, I don't feel like Harper's a morning person. Uh, <laughs> but as I'm like looking around and not seeing anything, but I'm also not hearing anything. And I, I'd probably start to be like a little like, oh, oh, um, um, for the lights on, do I call for mistress for that? Is that, do we have automatic lights like that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Mistress, lights on. And you you call it for mistress. She doesn't <laughs> respond, but you say lights on and the lights do turn on. Instead of the chaotic room that you're used to, the bunk, you are waking up in this very orderly space, almost academic. Why don't you roll um, some perception? All right, so you got a 15 on your perception. As you're, you're kind of coming to some of your senses, um, you turn around and you hear your feet kind of scratch on the floor a bit um, as you are, are kind of shifting your way around. And when you shift your way around, it, the sound isn't full. It kind of echoes back at you uh, a little bit. And your bed isn't your bed. Your room isn't your room. And your things are not your things, but it all has an air of familiarity to it. Okay. And mistress, no response, right? Just the lights came on. I'm not hearing anything else. As you listen out, you begin to hear sounds of the gentle, high-pitched uh, noise of you know electronic um, uh, electronics of uh, sensors of just general ship systems, but they're not your systems. They're not the Crimson Mistress. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I guess, start heading for the door. Um, well, wait, I probably should grab, make sure I grab a weapon. Or, do I have my weapons? Oh. Oh, you, you look down and you're, you're still in your dressing gown. Um, or in your, your, your sleeping clothes. Pajamas. Yeah, your jamas. And you look around. Roll another perception check. Go better this time. <gasps> Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're very disoriented. You, you got a natural one. You, you look down and you don't... It kind of phases out for just a moment. And everything goes black again. Oh, um, no. <laughs> And... We're going to shift over to uh, On. On, you are sleeping. What, is your, what do your quarters look like? Uh, very sparse, uh, but there is a set of incense that had just 
finished burning out. Uh, on the wall is the mark of the wheel. And other than that, there is a small tea. There's a small teacup that is sitting next to the bed that has been emptied. How does on sleep normally? They sleep in a robe, mm-hmm. uh, just like a like uh, like a bathrobe kind of situation. Okay, you're in your space. You smell the incense in the air as you are resting, and your body's generally relaxed. Roll for me a will save. You begin to no longer notice the smell of your incense. You were, you were relaxed, but something causes your body to tense up entirely. My chitin, uh, my chitin separates lightly, revealing the, the red under chitin as I sit up. You sit up and the room is dark, but the ambiance is different. What do you do? What do I feel? Well, roll uh, a perception. You better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. All right. You feel the air of a life support system coming down onto your uh, chitin, and you smell a the smells of a, a you know a ship. It's just not. The Crimson Mistress, and you, as you are coming into awareness and you are opening your eyes and you are looking around, you're in quarters that used to be your quarters, and you hear echoes of something that's already happened. I put my hand to my face to ensure that everything feels real. You have the weirdest sensation when you try to, you know, get a sense of yourself. It's like you've been numbed. You touch your face, you know you're touching your face, but you can't feel yourself touching your face. That's not spooky. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Oh, go ahead. I, tr- I, I, I try to relax as best as I can, because at this point, On believes that they are in a dream or possibly a nightmare, and they're not sure what event it is that it's down in the hall or out. Okay. Uh, to Jocelyn. What does Jocelyn's room look like? Uh, I don't know. I guess my brain says probably met like a little messy, but like I, I think she doesn't have a lot of like stuff. I think that like the messiness comes from just like her coveralls kind of covering the floor mm-hmm. and like tools kind of scattered everywhere. Probably bottles of alcohol, <laughs> like a, a lot uh, in this room. Space um, beer. Yeah, messy sheets. Um, it's like kind of cozy, but yeah, just kind of. It's a weird mixture of messy, but there's not a lot of stuff in there. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Perfect. The stuff that's in there is messy, but there's not a lot of it. What What is one thing that is just quintessentially Jocelyn? What do you What do you mean by that? Like, what What do you have on display, like consciously or subconsciously? That is just something you. you're proud of. Yeah. 
I think she has, um, I think she has a piece of her very first ship she ever owned herself that she crashed awfully and she took like the nameplate off of it. It was like a small, like like maybe single double person rider almost like ship. And uh, yeah, and she, she crashed it, but she loved it. And that was like a moment she knew she wanted to be a pilot. And so she has like the broken off chunk of that name uh, <laughs> hanging on her wall. And she, and she also has like a family photo. One of the, o- I think the only singular thing that would it, in, like, if someone walked in, the only implication that she is like a person that knows other people is the single photo of her and her sisters and her mother mm-hmm. uh, at a younger age. Uh, but everything else is like mechanics and metal and alcohol. And that's basically <laughs> what's around here. My my favorite part about your family photo is that if someone did not know you personally, they would look at it and go, how did they take a single picture of the same person seven times? <laughs> basically, yeah. They really yep. love themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's five identical young women. They're probably, they're probably like 16. They're probably like 16 in this photo. They all have very distinct styles, but they all look absolutely identical. And then a woman above them that looks older than them, but also identical to them. <laughs> but definitely she's like in her 50s or 60s. <laughs> nice. That's her her one thing of personal <laughs> in that whole room. What is the room like when you sleep? I feel like the room is uh, just like dark, normal. And I feel like she sleeps like starfish like arms hanging off the edge maybe a book on her chest like i think she always i think she doesn't say "Mm, i'm going to bed she just does something until her body falls asleep if that makes sense so she doesn't like actively try to go to bed she's like i'll just read till i pass out i guess yeah i'll just drink until i pass out i guess like she just kind of does something until her body just does its own thing so she's like starfished arm hanging down yeah, messy sheets off almost off the bed. And the room is probably just dark. Yeah. Perfect. Why don't you roll me a will save? Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Harper just What's does one? perception. Everyone else will save. save. Yeah. <laughs> a fifteen. Wow, that's that's a that's a average right that's there. Consistent. You all are. Okay. Yeah. Plus, plus one too. So I don't have a great will save, so I'm proud of that fifteen. <laughs> Hey, no, yeah, take it. I'm proud of that little 15 right there. <laughs> Perfect. I imagine that Jocelyn is a very heavy sleeper. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And also probably doesn't dream that often either. No, probably not. Not that she remembers. Yeah. You you are, are, are starting to become aware of the surroundings of your room. Only because the normal ambiance, the maybe you left a, a piece of machinery plugged in and that whir of of noise is is you know not there or a charging station where you have your batteries for all of the equipment that you use it's no longer humming just if she thinks the ship is dead it's like an immediate (gasps) what's wrong with the ship someone touched something someone did something i think she like (laughs) if she thinks something happened to the ship she like is ready to go yell at somebody for fucking up the ship. And so she's like, on Harper, what did you do? Yeah. yeah like, I think it's like, touch? I think it's like an immediate, like f- legs on the floor, like sniffs a cup, 
drinks out of whatever's in the cup, grabs the sword, and like it's gonna put some house shoes on to be like, Where, who the fuck fucked with this ship? Huh? <laughs> He's ready to go kick some ass immediately. Yeah. So um, you you startle up and awake, and your room. Well, it's like your room, but it doesn't feel right. Your mess is different. Yeah, that's not that my mess. That bottle wasn't there. That's not my mess. Is that bottle full? No way. <laughs> that would never be full. I think um I think she has can I can I make something up? Yeah. Kind of. Um I think that if she feels like something's up, I think her first inclination would be to check for something she doesn't think could be replicated. Okay, and so she's gonna go to the picture of her family and open up the back and see if the note from her mom is there. Sure, go ahead and first roll me a perception check. Okie dokie, I can do that. Plus eight, why not? Let's see. Oh, 27. <laughs> 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 oh, I forgot I have cybernetic eyes, so I could actually do that probably, right? <laughs> I have some sort of cybernetic. I think I literally have an eye. I haven't looked at my character sheet in a second. <laughs> I have an exocortex. Why it's not? Fine. And a memory module. <laughs> I don't know what these words mean, but I got them. <laughs> you are definitely um, in in your room, but it, it still isn't your room. You turn around, and your motions seem like they are. Like, as you turn, your perception is, like, rounded at the ends. It's like you're looking through a lens, almost. And you turn and you focus on the picture of your family. And as you do this, you you, you see the photo, and, and it's there. It's framed. What are you going to do? Can, can I pop up in the back of the frame and see if there's still, uh, like... I think that maybe her mom wrote like a note to all of them when they had this little photo she'd taken. And I think that in her brain, if someone's trying to trick her or replicate it, like that's kind of a hidden thing. So they might not know to look for that. Mm -hmm. So she's going to just see if that's there. It's probably not heartfelt. It's probably just like, I like myself in this photo. You're welcome. Love mom. <laughs> like, like it's like some, it's not like sweet <laughs> at all, but it's like a thing that it's hidden from the, a person who would maybe glance at her room. So I think that that's just sort of like the one thing she can think of immediately of like, if I'm being tricked, this could be a clue. <laughs> you pick up the photo and remind me and everyone who's listening again, uh, which sister has been kind of MIA for a while? Oh, I think it's been, we say it was Jacqueline, the, D, the DJ. Yes, it was Jacqueline, the DJ. <laughs> it was Jacqueline, DJ. she goes by Jack. There's Jack, Joe, Joss. I have to uh, remember my other sister's names. Yeah, but Jacqueline, I think, is the one who's been kind of MIA. You look at the photo and you the 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 picture of all of you, your image is clear and crisp, and you can make out everyone except for Jacqueline. Jacqueline looks like she's a big um blur. Like a figure is there. The coloring is right, but it's not her. I touch it. I touch where she is in the picture. 
does anything happen or she just is it just like the photo is blurry now no the the photo is all fine it's it's like she was moving really fast or like something became out of focus but that can't be because everyone else there is perfectly in frame and I've seen this photo and I know it's not like this right you do yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm sleeping. I don't know what's going on. So I try to just like frantically rub where she is to try to make it not be this way. I don't know. I do look for the, I do look in the back of it okay. though. But okay. if, if it's all weird and frustrating, I think I would just storm out of my room and try to see what the hell's up. Okay, so before we get to that, let's yeah. go to Abra. What does Abra's room look like? Abra's room is very compartmentalized, but still full of junk in different ways. So, you know how IT people just collect cables, old hard drives, just yes. things they can't let go of? Well, I, I feel like this is a call out. It, yeah, don't, you, don't you be doing this to me. <laughs> but, but I'm go just ahead. saying, I know these people. So, <laughs> um, I might live with one. So, like all of the old hard drives are in a um, secured cabinet, sort of like those Ikea shelving units, but they all have locks on them and everything in them is like organized, but it's still a lot of junk that could be uh, downsized if you really just wanted to. But this you 32 gigabyte hard drive will come in use someday. Someday. There's going to be a file on that that I need or this really outdated cable is going to be super necessary and so I have it uh, coiled up and secured and in its place. I and totally so, need three trackball mice. <laughs> and so that's like almost the entire wall space is covered with all these little cubbies that are just secured and full of just random stuff. Abra knows where all of it is because that's how his brain works but that is this is sort of an outward projection of that he sleeps in like little athletic shorts and a tank top okay the terry cloth shorts yeah but they're like not even like mid thigh like they're kind <laughs> of high cut like the runner shorts yes daisy dude but, but cloth. To sleep in. like they're very soft <laughs> They're very soft. Oh, and there is one other thing in the room that is fairly prominent. And that is a picture of his old mentor, Dr. Tiran Miguel. Yes. With darts all on his face. Okay. So you're in your, in your bunk uh, and you are sleeping. Why don't you also roll me a will save? but I'm not good at those. Oh, I'm not terrible. Oh. I broke our streak. Everyone else, their first roll got a 15. I got a 21. Yeah. yeah That's uh, a good way to break it. Yeah, I'm not, not hating it. The room doesn't feel right. And the organization is off. Like something just peaks your brain as you are asleep. I get very uncomfortable because... I recognize that things are off and not where they belong. And that is extremely off-putting to me and I don't like it. So I, I sit up and I'm really tense. 
trying to understand. There's no way someone came into my room and I slept through it unless one of Harper's experiments went wrong <laughs> again. And so I want to take like mental stock. Do I feel fuzzy headed? Does this feel like the after effects of something Harper accidentally did? We have known each other a very long time and accidents, like I think our bunks share a wall. And so sometimes <laughs> the ventilation will pull in some of Harper's things and I'm, I'm semi used Sometimes, to accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Harper will do a thing. I so. always ask permission. <laughs> for the Before I experiment on others. Yeah, it's the intentional stuff. But when you're doing things in, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I start trying to take stock. And I'm like, did someone actually come in here? Did something of Harper's go wrong again? What happened? It's so, kind of the mindset. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to roll a perception check. This is what your will save does for you. You are in a space that is familiar, but is not the Crimson Mistress. And as you look around, things still have the same organization schema that you're familiar with, but it's not your room on the Mistress. It's like you are somewhere you've been before, but not for a very long time. I, I would, as I'm sitting up and I'm taking this information, first thing I would do is a very simple test. And I would just say, mistress, lights, to see if the lights come on. And nothing happens when you say mistress lights, but when you say lights, the room lights up. You look around and it's, Familiar, yet very foreign. I would get up. I always sleep with my... I have a, a small computer that's like a wrist mm -hmm. band thing. And I always have that on. I would grab one of my guns, but only one. Probably the electric one. You Head towards the door. You go to reach for... You, you look down and you do have a a computer on your wrist. It doesn't look the same though. You got to reach for the gun. Roll perception. Okay. I am not good at those either. Can we do something I'm good at? Oh, so close. It was a 20 and then it rolled over onto the eight. So that's a 12. You turn to look where you normally have your gun uh, or weapons and it isn't there and as you reach the room kind of shifts in a way that gives you vertigo as soon as that sort of thing happens when my guns are missing the next test i'm going to run as i go through my reality parameters is tap on the computer on my wrist and type in all three crew members names and just send a message saying is everyone okay? And just to see if I get any responses. Sure, and we'll come back to that. Harper, you're in your room and you, you've blacked out. Now roll me that will save. Oh, all right. You hear a, a familiar sound. It's kind of like a, um, a chime. Okay. So you said it's 
My room looks a little more academic. Is this reminding me of when I was back in school with Abra? Yeah, it, it, it kind of does. You're in that noise is the door call. Oh, okay. So like someone's at my door? Yeah. All right. And I don't have a weapon, right? That's probably shouldn't look again. I don't want to black out again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't. Okay. I'm going to uh, very cautiously move towards the door and I guess say open. See if it opens. The door opens and standing there with a very kind look on his face is one Dr. Tara Miguel. And it's like, oh, Harper, I I hope I didn't wake you. Um, I guess kind of, does he look younger? He it's looks like time when I was. Yeah, he, he looks like you remember him, but you can't for the love of any reason why remember being angry or upset. Oh, okay. But you know, like, like you, you have a sense of dread that you don't remember. Okay. <laughs> so I am feeling like this, this is not right. I'm going to say close and have the door shut. <laughs> it's probably not the smart thing, but, um, I think Harper's feeling a little panicky. And the the door does close. Okay. Um, what do you do? I am... Do I have my med lab still? Because that should be in my arm. Yes. That's all still there. Okay. So that's, I'm like kind of checking. I am like checking to see that I have my stuff. I, I can't... I am... Um, do I have a calm of some sort? Because, yeah, I'm going to be trying to reach Abra and... You don't you you have oh. your your workstation for for academic work that's on your uh, desktop and then you have your personal computer but you don't have comms for the space that you're in okay other than through those networked devices okay um so if i'm thinking back to academic times i guess if i went to my workstation could i try messaging opera yeah okay I am going to try to message him, see if he's there. I was like, I am, but see if he's like, <laughs> any response or. Yeah, what, what do you probably say? Probably said like, hey, hello, hey, you there? <laughs> um, Abra, in your room, you hear a, a chirp on your academic computer and you see these messages from, uh, from Harper. And I would start writing back just say, where are you? Let's meet on the bridge. Um, I would say, do you get that we're we're back in school? That's not I, uh, possible, would be my response. Like, like <laughs> no. Dr. Tir Miguel was just outside my door. I shut the door on him. That was probably not good. <laughs> I would immediately start <laughs> looking for more weapons. I'm like, oh, is he now? And immediately just tearing through my room, trying to find some sort of weapon because I hold a grudge. I'm like, do, do you get we're not, we're not, we're not on the ship. We're, we're, I'm, I'm panicking probably a little. <laughs> Cause I'm like, well, this is a. Uh... The good news is if we are communicating, we are probably in the same place. So. Oh. We could try to where's, meet up. Where's Jocelyn? Where's on? Well, let's start with two and then work <laughs> towards three. And with that, we'll <laughs> pivot back to on. 
Anna's in their room. What are they going to do next? Using my feelers uh, with my blind sense, I'm going to basically move up to the door and just kind of get a feeling outside of the door. You start to feel out and the room begins to take shape again. It's the same shape and feeling of your room on the mistress. You you don't have any um, perception of anyone else there, though. On goes back to their bed and goes bow-legged, uh, goes cross-legged on it and meditates, trying to either force themselves awake or clear their mind enough to feel comfortable. You begin to have a sense. Um, go ahead. Uh, what what skill do you want to roll with that? I was going to take a mysticism okay. to basically have a power over self, mind over matter kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. With the 25, things clear up more. You are definitely in what was your room. You seem to remember this time. This was several years ago. You are new to the mistress. You remember that your mentor has left the ship. You remember that uh, Jocelyn is there. The mistress. May I open communications to the Jocelyn? As you say, mistress, and you call for comms, nothing happens. And you remember, you only just recently put in an AI. This was well before then. I look around. For, uh, I look around for my, uh, for my knife. And you have you have it. It's there. Okay. Layering of memories. Now and then. I need to find them. With purpose, on gets up, walks across the room, opens the door, and immediately heads to where they suspect Jocelyn is. With the sense and understanding of your situation, you're able to move and do this. You make your way through the mistress, but it's difficult. It's like you're walking through fog. The on is inevitable. And they say that to, to, yeah. to empower, to, to empower and, and center themselves. As you are, are doing this, Mackenzie, um, you hear what sound like footsteps in the hallway outside your room. Oh, yeah. I uh, kick that door open. <laughs> with I have, like, grabbed my sword and I kick the door open and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? On you see Jocelyn burst out into the oh, hallway. No, it's me. It's Mackenzie. It's Mackenzie. <laughs> I'm on the ship. Oh, crap. Who is the strange woman? <laughs> this... do, do I see On or does yeah. On just see me? You, okay. You see each other. And as you look at each other, like, it's hard to focus. You you can see each other and each other's outlines, but it's like you're both there and not there. Using my limited telepathy to speak to Jocelyn in silence, this feels like the fog of a memory, forgotten, a moment, important, but halfway. 
How do we get out? That Theon does not know. Does it just look like we're in like a just a dead ship? Like nothing's on? No, it it is on. Like the, the ship itself is is active. It's just it's not what you expect, and so it just seems uncanny. We should go to the helm. Look for the others, I guess. Do an internal sensor reading, maybe. Let's go. I think I would just try to lead the way to the... I don't know, I feel like I would go check the the pilot's area and be like, is this thing moving? Are we... What's going on? Where are we? Just find a window to see where we are. No. Or a map. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you enter a, a fog bank and you lose track of yourself and you lose track of on both of you roll perception checks. Actually, all of you roll perception checks. I'm bad at those. Ooh, a seven. I am bad at those. That's with a plus four. <laughs> I, I capped oh, out. 25, baby. Nice. Ah, tasty. <laughs> that is beautiful. So those who rolled above 20, so on and Jocelyn, you don't feel disoriented at all, but you know that you are no longer on the mistress. In fact, you... That is a space. I'm in a void? You're in a room, but it doesn't feel like a room. You... The name of this map? <laughs> I, I, do not, I do not like the that, name that, of this map. That's a, that is a fun that's name. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> For the audience at home, it's called The Incubator. <laughs> Arc one, the incubator. Yeah, so uh, roll initiative. We'll we'll do some fun initiative games. Even those of us who did not. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I get I the feel. I get the feeling that we acted first on the surprise round, and we're surprised, by the way. And now uh, Harper and and Abra are getting to. Act. Yes. First. Even though we don't know what's going on. Yeah. So um, blindly just throwing ourselves into something. <laughs> Sounds about right. So Harper, you look down and you now have your equipment. Okay. Am I still in my pajamas? <laughs> no, you're not. Oh. But I like my pajamas. And no, I'm fine. Not this is the operating theater that Dr. Tara Miguel used to turn you to Barai. Oh, okay. <laughs> Freaking jinkies. So I'm not feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. And we'll just do normal movement and everything. So. Okay. So is there, do I see anyone else here with me? You see what you see on the map. Uh, so oh. no. No, okay. We don't uh, see the purple map, do we? Hmm? We don't see the purple map because we failed our perception. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you do see it. Um, oh, you just, okay. your your shift in here was a lot less uh, easy. You are disoriented. Uh, so you'll okay. have a, a few negatives uh, with rolling and such. But. Okay. And I don't see anyone. So I'm just here all by myself. You are with the with knowledge. With my equipment. <laughs> that this is the uh, the operating room 
you hear Harper, I'm waiting. Oh yeah, that's not creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like You you wanna save your people, right? Oh. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna slowly move forward. Um, I'm gonna be pulling out my um I'll be probably actually reaching um for a serum. Okay. I don't know if I, it lists my serum because I can pick serums ah, and just okay. make them with my med lab. And I just realized, shoot, so I need to grab up that. I will, so I will just be getting a, a probably getting, make sure I have my needler gun mm-hmm. or one of my shirts. Right. So I'm just making sure I have stuff and I'm going to move cautiously forward towards where I hear the voice. Okay. It kind of comes from like, you can't directly figure oh. it because there are speakers all throughout the theater. But uh, you know that it's originating from the forward end of the room. So towards the right of the map. Towards the right. Okay. I'll move about, so that's about five feet each. I'll move about 20 feet. Okay. Um, if it'll let me move me to here. Yeah. All right. If it's doing that. And I'm just going to, and I'm going to start looking up some serums and get something ready just in case. Okay. All right. Abra. Okay, so I'm going to... Am I in the proper place on the map? You are. Okay, Is so there's no door. I'm just in this big open space? Yes, there you are. Cool. I'm going to cast Detect Magic. It's a 60-foot cone. Okay. And it's concentration up to a minute. And I detect all magic spells, effects, items, and objects, including those on or affecting creatures I can see, as well as hybrid items in the area. Uh, yeah, so you, you cast Detect Magic, and you see the items on you that you'd expect to, to cast a, a magical glow. And as you look around, the space feels, for lack of a better term, real. And you've been in here before, too. You recognize it. You even recognize the smell. So it smells like our old class? Our old... Yeah. Okay. Where was Harper's room when we lived here? So this is this is the operating theater. The room, Harper's room would be far outside of here. Okay. This is where you found Harper. Do I see anything else in here? Uh, roll perception. It's a 15. You see stairwell below you to the south, and you know that you, you remember that goes up to the operating theater. Uh, the the specific room and as your vision pans across with uh, your detect magic uh, what, what does that look like by the way for me I my eyes sort of shimmer sort of this greenish blue and it just sort of keeps flowing back and forth over my eyes as I'm concentrating and I'm also amplifying shimmering always cast a light around themselves Mm -hmm. in a five foot radius. I jump that up to a bright light so that I can detect, can see a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the only outward sign of the spell casting is that my eyes start to do this um, sort of back and forth shimmer of the labradite colors. Yeah. uh, And as you do, you hear a rustling on the ceiling far above. It's about a 20-foot-high dome. 
are arcing up. Uh, behind you actually is a huge observation uh, glass that looks out into space. But in front of you into the room, uh, at, at the peak of the, the ceiling, you see hanging down a creature and electricity is kind of crackling around their skin. Can I do a life science check to see if I know what that is? Yeah. 23? Uh, yeah, you know it's an electrovore. Nope. And I head towards the stairs. Pretty. That's an ugly bitch. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not my, not what? my favorite thing. Yeah, I'd nope too. Yep. So I move towards the stairs and attempt to... So I see like this giant worm-like thing with wings and Electric. sort of a centipede leg protrusions all along its back mm-hmm. and a gross teeth-filled maw and electricity crackling all over it. Mm-hmm. I know this. I don't like it. And I'm trying to leave. That is that is the situation I find myself in. I don't think I can do much more than that because that's several... <laughs> several things, but yeah, moving away. Cool. Um, as part of the move action, can I pull out one of my weapons? Yes, you can. I would pull out my zero pistol, my frostbite. That's what I will do. <laughs> I, I I like to let you all walk and chew gum at the same time. So yes, you can walk and pull out a pistol. Perfect. Walking, breathing, and chewing gum? Holy yeah, crap. I I, I, no patting the top of your head. Your though. dad lets you do all that? <laughs> <laughs> G Billy, two wieners. <laughs> On. Uh, similar, you are in a space and you don't recognize this room specifically, but you do see windows that are arcing out into an area. And in the darkness of the distance, I see crackling electricity, I'm sure. Uh, a little bit, yes. Okay, so I am going to go down to the door I assume that this is a door yes uh, where, and where are you on possible. the ship elsewhere uh, oh okay you're in the northwest corner of everything perfect yep and uh, that is where you are uh, I still have my knife in my hand right correct awesome All right, and Jocelyn Hello. <laughs> um, so I'm just in this in this in this room. Yes. Um, is that like a door-looking thing up there, right right in front of me? That is. I'm gonna walk on over there, if I can. Yep. Can I open this door? Yeah, click on it. Like what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that's cool. I, I don't... Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna like walk until I see something. So I'm just sort of like, I'm being quiet because I think I don't know where this is. I don't know who might be here. I'm feeling very uneasy. It, so I'm, I'm gonna try to be sneaky, probably. Is uh, it just... dark in here, or is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I I might maybe have a really high stealth. Probably not. Um, but I think I would try to be quiet. Yeah. Because I just don't know who's here. Roll stealth, uh, and then we'll we'll discuss what. Oh, the ambiance. Zero. Yeah, I saw the twenty. <laughs> so you're you're totally pink panthering it. Um, you, 
and you you open the door, you make it out into the main room. The space is lit in an ambient way, but it's like there are still things that obstruct your view. And you make it out into the main space and all of you heard the missive to Harper. And with that, I'm glad that you all are enjoying it. And I hope that oh, yeah. the, the audience is as well. Um, yeah, this is a homebrew campaign, uh, a homebrew story. Um, and we are just, just getting started. Um, I cannot wait to to dig into this further. I hope you all are uh, interested and excited as well. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. Creeped out, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let us do our sign-offs, uh, and we will go. Um, we'll go in the same order that we did introductions. So uh, Mackenzie, why don't you kick us off? Whoa! Hey, see, it's me, Mackenzie. Um, uh, my name is Mackenzie. I play Jocelyn. My pronouns are she/her. You can find me on Twitter at Mackenzie Wilkes or on my website MackenzieWilkes.com. Uh, right now, I'm mostly doing some D and D five E podcasts. I play on a show called Dungeons Dice and Everything Nice that is ramping up uh, to the kind of a pretty electric finale for our season two. And um, Dungeon Wives, a show that I DM with my life partner, we just launched our second season this week. So those are, I, I feel like my brain's melting. I don't know if I do anything else, but I'm also here every Saturday. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Me. <laughs> Thanks, Mackenzie. Um, and uh, Vivian. Uh, this has been Vivian. Uh, <clears throat> my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me at haywirewingod.com uh, at twitter.com. Uh, I don't do a whole lot on the internet. I'm here every Saturday with these friends. Absolutely thank lovely people, and I thank you all for watching. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you for playing today. Uh, Michael. I wouldn't miss it for the world. <laughs> I'm Michael. Uh, my pronouns are she, they, and I am Saren Theory on Twitter. Um, and actually, I tried to use Saren Theory. I went and did that on all things, so Instagram, and but I'm most active on Twitter. Um, and that's about it for me. <laughs> Fantastic. It's Michael and Kelrick. Hello, um, Kelvin. You can find me on Twitter at Cormalon. That's C-O-R-M-A-L-L-O-N. I also monitor the at EQ points um, Twitter account. You can find me here every week for the next nine weeks. And then I'm also narrating our Cuminera show, but that's been on hiatus. Hopefully we'll meet up again next week which will be january 31st i guess um and that's all that i'm doing that's public facing right now fantastic thanks calric mm -hmm. and uh again i've been kenny my my pronouns are uh he they when i am not uh narrating for these fantastic folks I've been playing in uh, Calric's uh, Numenera game. We will be ne uh, back next Saturday uh, with our next episode in this arc. Until then, we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Hi. 
We hope that you continue to enjoy what we produce and will follow us on Twitter at EQ Points. Join us on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash experience points, and drop us a chat. We'd love to hear from you. Have you ever wanted a podcast that tackles the hard questions? Like, why do wizards wear those pointy hats? Is it morally okay to burn your name into a table? Is there a difference between dead and never waking up? Well, if you've ever wanted to know the answers to any of these questions, then I have a podcast for you. We are Goblets and Gaze, a bi-weekly Pathfinder 2E podcast. Join our cast of an angsty barbarian, a pyromaniac goblin, a girl whose family loved astrology a little too much, a cultist, and a hot topic reject as they journey to a lost city and try to keep a twink alive. Follow us all on your social media at Goblets and Gaze, join our Discord as well, and we hope to see you out there. Goodbye.